he saw past what was going on. Satisfaction doesn't come from answers to your prayer. Satisfaction comes from the encounter you have with God through his spirit because of your prayer. As you're developing your prayer, what are you doing? You're developing your ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. It should be getting deeper. It should be getting more intimate. Intimate. Now, for us guys who are all macho and all that stuff, we are not necessarily what we would call intimate. But men still have to have a very intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And for some of us, music is a good way to do that. So we need to understand that God knows each and every one of us as individuals. He knows that some of us are warm and fuzzy, and some of us are just kind of crusty and old and used up. And we need to make sure... I wasn't really looking. I was looking at Charles when I said it. I was like, maybe that really wasn't fair. Um, but um, yeah, well, she's probably going, amen, right? So, <laughs> so, so hey, I'm just, I just showed up. I, I'm just, you know, I'll be here all week. So anyway, just for that, for that perspective, God knows exactly who you are as an individual, and he will, in fact, work with you individually as far as developing your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot have a successful relationship with Christ without intimacy. Now, what do I mean by intimacy? Does that sound like a girly word or something? What do I mean by intimacy? You give me some adjectives. What is intimacy? Closeness. Closeness. We have friends and we have acquaintances. Amen? Are acquaintances more, uh, have more value than friends do? Of course not. Friends, and you have very good friends. There's levels of intimacy in those relationships. Mrs. Gaines just said closeness. Intimacy means closeness. It's important for guys, even the birthday guy here, Brother Beecher, to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Intimacy. Closeness. It has to grow. It has to develop. And how does that happen? Studying his word, looking at his word, reading his word, reciting his word, having it be recalled, recalling his word, hearing him speak to you personally. Your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ comes through prayer and it comes through ongoing prayer. No matter how he's answering the prayer. No matter how he's answering it. Habakkuk recognize that. Habakkuk saw that when we look at that passage. One thing that's mentioned here, and I'm going to, answers never fully satisfy, only relationship with God satisfies. Amen? Only a relationship with God is what's satisfying. There's no greater satisfaction than your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, all of our seminars have been talking about developing your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's always been the underlying theme. If you're looking for ways to grow in Christ, those are things that you should be looking at and focusing on. Prayer. You know, some people, some people get closer by fasting. Some churches have a regular practice of fasting for 30 days. You know, just drinking water, eating vegetables, doing stuff like that because they believe that that helps a person to truly grow in Christ. 
the focus is going to be on not even so much now how, how hungry you are, but how you and your relationship with the Lord is deepening. And I've done fasting before. It's, you know, not something I would probably do anymore, personally, unless something dramatic happened. But having said that, fasting is something that some people feel is very important, to the point where even some churches have practiced it and people have gotten on board with it. And it's all for one reason, developing a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Not for showing off, not for saying, yeah, I fasted for 30 days, ha, ha, ha. We have to understand, a lot of people do stuff sometimes for personal motivation. It has nothing to do with following Jesus Christ. You do it for yourself. You do it for yourself. And you don't brag about it. If Brother Beecher wanted to go on a 30-day fast over the next 30 days, he's not going to tell everybody, oh, by the way, I'm going to go on a fast for 30 days. Amen? Because that's nobody else's business. If he wants to do that, that's his business. Okay? A lot of chatter over here, right? All right, so (laughs) you're going to lose hope if you wait for answers to fill your missing pieces. The only hope is that real, that is real and lasting, is the hope that comes from Christ himself. The hope that comes from Christ himself. He is our everything, amen? He is our everything. He's the reason we get up in the morning. He's the reason he gets us up in the morning. He is the reason that we do what we do. He is the reason why we function the way we do. It's Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that as we deepen our relationship with him, and we do that so that we can be in service for him. Top of page four. You must decide once and for all if you are ready to trust in the Savior and person of Jesus Christ. Brother Charles will recognize this next section quite well. Have you made a pact with Jesus? Have you made a pact with Jesus? A pact. P-A-C-T. Now you might recognize that. Because this is in line with answers to prayer. Remember that we talked about this and focused on this several times. Um, and we've had this in a previous seminar. And we've discussed this. But when we look at praying... We see that all of this involves developing a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and trusting that who he sends in your path is also going to provide good advice for you as well, too. If you're praying for the wrong things, you're going to get the wrong answers. If you're not praying with the proper motivation, you're going to get the wrong information that will help you in developing this relationship with Jesus Christ. If you think that Jesus Christ is your personal genie, then you're going to get genie responses. So we need to understand that this has everything to do with who Jesus Christ truly is to you. Have you made a pact with Jesus Christ? So look at the words and the acronyms that are facing it with pact. Pray, ask, consult, and trust. Let's take a look at some verses there just to give us reminders as to what we're looking at when we're looking at prayer. Go to Matthew 6. 6. You ain't living if you ain't praying. Amen? You ain't living if you ain't praying. You're not living. 
you're just living by yourself. You're just functioning as if no one else is around. Prayer should be so ingrained into your very livelihood that it's inescapable. It should be a part of everything that you're doing. Just about every waking moment, you should be in prayer. You should be praying about your day, praying about what's going on, praying about the church service, praying about God being a blessing to everyone who is here, praying about all different kinds of things. That's your very livelihood. If you're working, Big Jim still works, right? You still do the, are you driving? Okay. Well, that's work. So you're praying about what? The travel, the trip, the passengers, all the people that get on and off that bus. And you're praying for safety. It's part of everything you do. There's no escaping it. Unless you want to, of course, but you shouldn't want to. That's something that you should be doing. Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Sit in secret. Public prayer is okay, but praying privately in secrecy is even better. Because you aren't praying to impress people. You aren't praying to show off. You aren't praying to show how many great words you have. Or how you can say, oh my God! Okay? As you can see, I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder sometimes when I see certain things and it sticks with me. Because honestly, I can tell the difference between flesh and truth. And flesh is always going to creep up. So now, Matthew 6, 6 says we need to be developing an intimate prayer life where nobody else is paying attention but you and Jesus. And that is part of your very reading each day and meditating on the Word. It's nobody else's business what you're doing. It's between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. You're praying in secret, so your Father who sees in secret is going to do what? Reward you. Because you are making the time, taking the time to develop a personal, deeper, growing, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. He is going to affirm you by doing so. He is going to show you that that's the proper path to take. James 5.16 Book of James is always a fantastic book of reference for Christians. It's a book written to Christians. So it gives you a lot of information. It's five chapters. It's very rich with information about how we as believers are to behave when it comes to looking at living a healthy, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Great power as it is working. Jesus can answer prayers for you instantly. 
as well as over time. We're praying for healing. Let's face it, we're talking about healing from ailments or things that are going on. You're looking for relief. But you pray for one another. You pray for your brothers and sisters. You pray for those people you fellowship with. You pray for them. Not to put Debbie on full blast, but Debbie has to go, you know, she's part of the Northern Summit County Coalition. And so as part of the Northern Summit County Coalition for how far she has to drive to go to work or go to work every day, you pray for her safety on the road, especially now that Route 8 is going to be torn up again. Oh. Yeah. So, but, and see, these are, these are little things that get, you know, but they mean something to some people. So we remember to pray for Debbie going back and forth as Route 8 gets its act together and figures out what it's going to do. Because we've got two more years of this. I know. It's two more years. Okay? But that's a big deal. Pray for her safety. Pray, ask, consult, and trust. Ask. Well, we had a passage about, in Matthew 7, 7, about asking, didn't we? Asking. Now, understand something. Pray and ask are two different things. You got that? Two different things. We covered this before. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to ask. Because asking now is personalizing your prayer. Asking specific, with specificity. Say that fast three times. Specificity about certain things. Go to Mark eleven twenty four. Now, here we go. We understand about asking, but we also understand that because you are developing an ongoing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to be doing what? Praying according to his will. Praying according to his will. You want his will to be done, amen? That's as you learn more about him, that's the way you're going to be praying. That's how you develop your prayer. Because if you pray according to your will... What do you think is going to happen? A lot of nothing. A lot of nothing. Because the flesh is going to pray for something that's selfish. It's not going to be helpful. But if you're praying according to his will, you actually might see what happens in Mark 11:24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, a cautionary note here. This is not an endorsement of the prosperity gospel. Because the prosperity gospel is not necessarily according to God's will. Man, in its flesh, his flesh, has taken the prosperity gospel and sold a bill of goods to a bunch of folks. So we need to understand that Prayer must be done according to his will. Okay? Understand that. I could elaborate on that, but I won't, just for the sake of time. Okay. Pardon me? How long will it take? Well, I want to get through the rest of this, but... All right, I'll give you one thing. I'll give you one thing. You could be praying, Lord, make me rich. Lord, make me rich. Go play the lottery. Hit the lottery. You're rich. 
Is that the best thing for you? Not necessarily. Okay? Not necessarily. Of all the stories you hear about people who make it big or hit, hit it rich, a lot of them go broke and are in worse shape. In worse shape. I told you guys the story about the guy who, the, the press your luck scandal, right? The story of the guy who beat the system. Yeah, who beat the, you saw the program, didn't you? A fascinating show to watch. The analysis of a guy who studied the TV screen and said, I'm going to get on press your luck because I'm going to beat the system. He won the equivalent when he did that. It took two shows because you couldn't put it in one show. Won the equivalent of $230,000 back in the day, in the 1980s. Gosh, yeah, that's a lot, a lot of money back then. Lost all of it. He didn't cheat, but his focus, his motivation was in what? Flesh. It was a fleshly motivation. He was a, he was a grifter kind of a guy. Okay. Well... There's nothing wrong with getting money. There's nothing wrong with being rich if God blesses you with that. It's what you do with it. Okay. Consult. Go to Proverbs 4.13. Remember I mentioned earlier that sometimes God puts people in your life Sometimes, maybe even angels that help you along from time to time. But he'll put people in your life that have good advice. Are you the type of person who, when you get good advice, you don't take? Consult. Ask questions. Talk to people. Proverbs 4.13 says, Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Good instruction. Learning about something. You like how guys, you know, when they, when they get something like a bicycle to put together and they don't read the instructions and wonder why the, the pedals are backwards when they put it together or the handlebars are upside down or whatever. You need to look at the instructions. Trust. Trust is very important here because you have to trust that what God is telling you is true. You have to trust that his word is true. You have to trust that the people he sends in your life with good advice is truth. Without trust, all the other things are wiped out. Trust has to be a part of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, and we know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, so let's take a look at Psalm 9, 10. Psalm 9.10. Now look what it says. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Habakkuk had that very same attitude. Had the very same attitude. Those who know your name put their trust in you. Because ultimately, our relationship with Jesus Christ is based on what? Faith. Faith. And we have to trust 
that what he's been telling us and what he's been saying and all the promises that he's made, he's going to keep them all. That's trust. That's exactly why it's very important for us to have a pact with Jesus. We need to have all of those things as part of our way of thinking. God's ultimate answer to our prayers is a good gift of the Holy Spirit. He is the affirmation that God is with us. Go really quick to Isaiah 7.14. God is with us. You might remember there are some clues that are given in Isaiah and given in different prophecies about Jesus Christ. And here's one of them. Here's a clue. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Why do we need a sign? We need to be affirmed. We need to be reminded of good things. We need to be reminded of his promises. We need to be reminded of God's goodness. And this is a reminder right here. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel stand for? God with us. The presence of the Holy Spirit. God with us. Because of the Holy Spirit, we know God listens to us, hears our concerns, and answers well. So do you think I am Mrs. Cranky? I hope not. This is Jennifer writing again. I love you and want you not to settle for lesser gifts and smaller answers when it comes to prayer. Here's a question I have. Are you settling for lesser or smaller? There is a direct correlation to your faith and believing that with God all things are possible. Never settle for the less. God is abundantly blessing you. And we don't even realize it sometimes. Abundant blessing. You want to live an abundant life? Pray like you want to live an abundant life. Seek after him as you live an abundant life. Not just living. Abundantly living. You believe that with God all things are possible? Yes. Amen. Jennifer writes here, oh, and P.S., our football team lost. <laughs> Score one for Mr. Cranky and his boys. Does God hear our prayers? I hope you know that the answer is a huge yes. Since he does hear, I want you to know he hears me pray for you as you complete this study. I pray his spirit plants seeds of truth in you that blossom into a huge crop that nourishes you and others. Notice it says you and others, which means we need to be praying for everybody. Pray for our church. Amen. Now, without getting overly personal about this, our church is going through a transition. It should be a daily prayer for you about what this church is doing. We're going through a transition now. We know there's going to be a change. It should be a matter of prayer. All the time. And remember, what we're praying for sometimes is just making sure that we as a members in the body have a deeper and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Size is not as important. 
we can function as a church with what we have right now. Pray that way. Amen? Let's close out in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to hear you speak to us through your word. We thank you for how your word enriches us. We thank you for how your word encourages us. We thank you for how your word enlightens us. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for affirming us. Because we trust in you, you show us how much you love us. You show us how much you want us to be successful in you. We thank you, Lord, for all those promises. We thank you for those things that come down the road. We thank you for answers to prayer. While we don't expect them sometimes, we still thank you that you care enough to answer and address us. We thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you for remembering um, the son-in-law, individual in the hospital. Thank you for helping us to remember him as well, too. Derek, thank you. Lord, we lift him up to you right now for healing. And we do pray for this church and the pastor and Elaine. We pray that you bless them and keep them. And we give you praise and thanks and we pray for the upcoming message and the speaker in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. See you next time.